Hello, Saltines. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I uh, Well, we're going to talk about some cool stuff on this episode. <clears throat> um, but before I, I can get into the educational piece of this episode, I need to share a little bit of bad news. Uh, those of you who are regular listeners will recall that a couple weeks back, we asked uh, those of you listeners, viewers, however you may connect with us, right? We asked you uh, to go on to the last episode that we recorded and to comment something to the effect of save Austin, free Austin, help Austin, you know, and so many of you were so good to do that. Um, sadly, we didn't get enough of those comments or likes and shares. And yes, I'm holding you hostage here a little bit emotionally. Um, we didn't get enough of a response from you to encourage the people who had abducted Austin and were holding him hostage to, uh, or for ransom, uh, to release him. Um, and I'm not blaming you for that because really the, the final say, the final decision in Austin's freedom really was mine. Um, in looking at the pros and cons of the situation and based on the communication I was getting from his abductors, I made the decision to actually just let them keep him. And I'm going to wait maybe a few weeks, you know, and if there's no further word or Austin doesn't pop up somewhere in some random place, right, that um, I'm just going to go ahead and take the insurance money. And uh, with that money, I will plan on purchasing some better equipment for the podcast for you so that in future I don't look quite so grainy and washed out and um and our audio and and, and yeah well everything will just be better um so so that would be an interesting thing you know those of you who uh join us regularly for the podcast uh maybe that's a good question and, and feel free to answer this this week if you have a moment but um do we want Austin back? I, I don't I don't think it's too late. Like the the people who have abducted him, I think are still willing to negotiate. Uh, but do we want Austin back? Or would you rather we provide you with a, a sleeker, more high-tech program? Um, I'd be very curious to hear some of those responses to to, to those questions. Um anyway, our episode today is um gonna be again, as I mentioned at the beginning, kind of a fun one. We're gonna talk about some fun stuff. Um, the first thing that I want to go into is um, it wasn't really a listener or, or a, a saltine question. It was a question that came in from a student at the shop um, in response to one of the classes that we taught recently. And the the line of the question really basically was, you know, is it okay? Is it is it acceptable? Is it a good idea to incorporate technology into contemporary spell work? And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because there are actually people out there who specialize in this. Like they call it technomancy or people who will in regularly incorporate modern science technology into their, their magical workings and their, and their rituals. Um, and so in talking about that a little bit, I, I wanna say that incorporating something like an internet program, uh, you know, an app, AI, whatever it may be, right? Or even just devices like modern types of devices that, you know, obviously wouldn't have existed for our magical ancestors, that bringing those things into your spell work is, is absolutely okay. And as we evolve, evolve technologically as a, as a being, humanity, right? Um, as we do that, as we evolve, we, we actually need to continue to bring new things into our practice. We need to incorporate the new stuff. Um, there are many things, if you've done any research at all, you'll see in very old practices, like those that we have record of, 
there are things involved in those practices or incorporated in those rites and those spells that don't even exist anymore. And we've had to adapt and learn how to continue to do those things without whatever that item would have been, right? So um, so we've always been doing this. We've always evolved. We've always incorporated the new technology, the new science, whatever it is into our magical work. And that's really the only way that we can continue to function as magical practitioners. So don't be afraid to include technology in your spiritual or magical work. Um, do a little bit of research and be mindful of some of the other energies that you're working with in uh, or working with in tandem with whatever technology device, whatever you're bringing into that, that working. Um, I say that because we've had a number of situations here uh, at the shop where uh, we've been doing a public right, ritual, right of some sort, or we've been focusing our effort into a spell. Um, and we've had a lot of people. Coven has been there. We've had members of the community come in, students come in, and, um, and we've all been working together to focus whatever kind of energy. And in the uh, in response to some of that, the spiritual, the etheric energy that's raised, we've actually had people's like cell phones die, like their their batteries have been drained. Um, one, one gentleman recently, and very unfortunately, actually, like his phone just died, like it just stopped working. Um, you know, and I think if I remember correctly, I think he 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 had to get a new phone. Um, so so do consider that, okay. Um, but I think that you can appreciate it if you think about it, that something like magical energy, spiritual energy, really, when we look at what we're kind of understanding a bit more about just energy in general, right, is that it's not that big a leap, say, from like an electric signal to like a magical force, right? Like not that too, not too much of a stretch, right? Um so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And I also, uh, oh, and talking about that, um, you know, maybe another comparison to make. Not that you need one because you're brilliant people and you understand. Um, as usual, this is just me ram rambling. Uh, but it's not too far to, uh, again, to kind of make the leap between something like AI technology that we would maybe incorporate into a working in some capacity um, and say something like a servitor, right? Where we've programmed that that thought form, that servitor to, to kind of perform just a very basic function or just one particular function for us, right? Not that different, not that different. Uh, so so again, so don't be afraid to do this, right? Um, and be creative, be be imaginative. And if you have anything that you do where you're like, I I already kind of do this and this is what I do, send us a note and let us know. I would I would love to to see that because we get comments and, and, and questions and things that come in from you guys a lot and like you're teaching us, like we've had more than one situation where somebody has contacted us and they've been relating an experience or a story. And we're like, oh my God, I, I never would have thought to do that. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so we're all kind of helping each other level up. It's a really good thing. Um, yay. All right. So beyond that, I want to talk about, um, like our, kind of our, our topic of focus tonight, which is, um, really going to be, um, how to put this simply, basically I want to say, best or, or better practices for evocation in ritual or spell work, right? Um, I want to talk about this because we recently did um, an, another public ritual at the shop and we had a guest uh, person centering that ritual. Um, usually Austin and I, if, there, if there's a ritual happening at the shop, it's usually Austin or, or I, or maybe Wendy, uh, who's been on the podcast. It's been a really long time, but, but we usually have 
people that would be considered kind of elders within our coven leading those rituals or those, those public spells, those workings. Um, but we we decided to, to kind of like, oh, let's give this person a chance. Let's see how it do, how they do, right? And and I want to be really clear because I think this person does listen to the podcast. There was nothing wrong with the ritual that you did. Nothing at all. Um, and I think as it was from the, uh, if my, to my recollection, one of the first public rituals you've done, I think you did an amazing job. Um, I know that there are sometimes misunderstandings where there can be confusion around particular pieces of ritual work. Um, and the one I, again, I really want to talk about tonight is the, the evocation process, the evocation piece, calling in our spirits and other intelligences. Um, because I think that that was one thing that popped up in that working that maybe could have been a little better done. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay. Um, so no shame, no shame. Don't worry about it. Doing great. Right. You're good. Right? Uh, but in talking about that though, um, I want to, want to lay out just a few, I think, like in like best practices for that. Okay. And bearing in mind that, that every tradition and every practice will of course differ. You know, um, if you have a means of evocation that you utilize in your spiritual work that is working for you, wonderful, stick to it. Right. Um, but I think it's always good to maybe consider trying something else. Right. Cause who knows, maybe the new thing that we've never done before will actually work even better for us. Right. Um, so um, I want to, to talk about that though, uh, because again, there's confusion. When we are doing evocation, I think that it's good um, to actually to start to consider what the process of that looks like days, sometimes, you know, I mean, if you're someone that tends to more last minute something like hours prior to the actual rite, then that serves two purposes. Okay, um, One, it makes sure that we are going over just the logistics of the ritual, like so we've got that down a bit, or we're more prepared, right? It it helps us to, I think, continue to keep the focus for the purpose of the ritual. But it also, through the process of thinking about that ritual and the evocation, the spiritual energies and intelligences that we want to call in, it it also helps to kind of attune us to those energies. Um, you know, if you want to effectively call a particular spirit forward, um, and again, I'm talking primarily non-human spirits, um, different types of discarnates, deities, if you want to call those spirits in, um, particularly if you've not had a chance to kind of work with them a lot, there hasn't really already been some sort of connection or, or establishment there, you know, um, if you want to call those spirits in successfully, one of the best, best ways to set yourself up for that is to actually start to to attune to that energy early on, even before you show up for ritual. Um, by doing that, what in essence what you're doing is not only are you working and focusing the self, but you are sending kind of a little bit of a signal up and out to potentially that spirit. So that when the time comes to gather for ritual, like they're already in the room, like they're like, I'm here, I'm here, right? Um, so I think that's a good thing to, to start with, okay? Um, as time gets nearer to the ritual, depending on, you know, any, any processes you already have in place in your practice or any you want to create for yourself. Um, you know, we also need to make sure that we need to take care of physical preparation. And I'm not even talking about the ritual itself. I think that when we talk about the concept of uh, or conversation of evocation and like formal calling in of spirits or more formalized calling in of spirits, when that conversation comes up, um, a lot of people, I think, forget or maybe never learned or realized that Everything is a part of the evocation. It's not just the words you speak. 
It's how you stand, the way you position your body, the tone of your voice, the thought moving through your mind as you speak the word, your intent, right? Um, even the, the physical actions that you've made that day leading up to that ritual, those are all actually part of the evocation because those are all, in, in essence, even in unconscious ways, ways you're not aware of, those are all things that are leading us up to be in the perfect space, like, or, or the most ideal space that we can be in when we actually utter the evocation, right? So it, it all kind of builds, it all kind of builds and, and connects in some way. The challenge that I see with a lot of people um, is that when they, when they go into a ritual working, right, when they're doing something where they need to evoke a spirit or another intelligence, right, that they they kind of, they don't really put a lot of thought into that beforehand, other than just the decision like, oh, I want to call this goddess in because she does this, right? And that's kind of the extent, right? You know, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. If anything, that's a good indication that that person's done some research. This is one of the other reasons why you need to learn about the spirits and the deities that you want to call in. You need to read their stories. You need to be familiar with them um, on even just an academic level before you consider working with them. Otherwise, you're not going to really, you you may not be calling to the, the really the spirit that you need, or you may be inviting that spirit into a working that is not really in alignment with where they hold most influence, right? So learning about these things is so necessary because otherwise you're not really properly, uh, you're, you're not really going to be able to do, do your best evocation. Okay. Um, but, but a lot of people, I think when they, they make these decisions, um, you know, like that's kind of the extent of it is they figure out, okay, this is the spirit I want and this is why, and they don't, um, do any additional preparation beyond that. And what I'm talking about now is that once you've chosen that spirit and you are drawing near to the time of your ritual, you need to actually step into the character of that spirit. Um, you know, if you're, you know, you're going to be doing a, a ritual tonight for a particular reason throughout the day, as you've already kind of made the decision on who you want to evoke and what the logistics of the ritual itself might look like prior to any of, of the work to actually be done, the, the magic work, the ritual work to be done, you need to get up that morning with the understanding that today I am going to live my life and I'm going to, to take each step as though I were blank spirit. Right. And that is, again, something that helps you to attune to that energy. Um, it will also for sure put you on the radar of that spirit, because when anybody kind of utters our name in a situation like that, anybody kind of makes it clear, like today I walk in the steps of today, I channel the power of whoever that that thing really is, is probably likely to take notice. Right. I think we've all had that moment where we've heard somebody talking about us and we're like, uh, excuse me, what did you say? Right. Um, so so that's an important thing and a, a very and a necessary component of the of the, the evocation, because that is, in a sense, already opening the door for that spirit to enter your work um, and to, to really step into the room for you that night. Right. Um, once we find ourselves in ritual, there are a lot of other physical things that need to happen, just like kind of the mechanics of ritual. Right. And those will differ so much depending on the ritual you're doing, your particular practice, if there's a tradition that you are aligned to. Right. But it is also good to do research our spirits because within the mechanics of that ritual, and even though this might seem to be something that would be taking place after evocation, if we're calling a spirit into a room, and that spirit is like considering they're like oh well i mean i don't really 
know, I'm not sure I want to help you, but you know, but I'm, I'm curious now let's check it out. Right. And that spirit actually, they bring their presence into that space and they're kind of checking out what you've done. If you don't have items in your ritual setup, if you're not working with things that are also in alignment with that spirit, they may not stick around. They're like, why am I going to show up? You know, like if you are calling in, oh God, I'm trying to think of a particular situation here. So say you're calling in, you know, a particular deity that is associated with springtime, right? Um, but everything you've utilized in your work would have alignments or would be very visually aligned to uh, or connected to like, say, winter, the, the depth of winter. That's that spring spirit, that intelligence is going to come through and it's going to be like, there, there really, there's no room for me in this space because of these pieces. Like, like you want me to feel at home here, you know, but my style is who knows, like, you know, uh, this, right. Like I want, you know, my style is like old country home and you are giving me contemporary urban apartment. Right. I mean, so, so that's kind of it. Like we need to set the scene, right. We need to, if their favorite color is red, you better have some red in that space. Right. That is also part of the evocation process. From there, as we are actually entering the act of evocation, we need to pay attention to how we're standing. You know, I, I'm really bad about this. I personally, I, I slouch. My posture is for shit. Austin is always yelling me. Well, Austin was, or used to always yell at me. Um, still, still kind of mulling this over. Right. Um, anyway, he used to yell at me because my posture is bad and he's absolutely right. My posture is terrible. Um, if lint or something on my, my hoodie, I should stop worrying about it and just record. Right. Anyway. Um, I, I very often have, have caught myself like stepping into ritual, uh, stepping up before an altar for spell work. And I'm calling, I'm planning, calling to a spirit and I'm shoulders up around my knee, my ears. Right. And I'm just like, I'm not, and I'm already looking defeated. Right. And I think if you have ever done any kind of spiritual or particularly magical work, right. Manifesting kind of work, whatever you may call it. Right. Um, if you go into that situation already, feeling and looking as though you're defeated, right? Ugh. You're probably not likely to get the attention and the respect of some of the spirits that you might be considering evoking or calling in. So so our posture is important. We need to stand upright and we need to be like, put your chest out, like be proud, you know, like take up some space, right? Particularly if you're the one doing the evocation and or leading the ritual, you need to take up space. You need to take up space, right? Um, and so we need to stand proud and we need to be on that. We need to consider again, the nature of the spirit that we're calling in. If you want to do a working where you would want to evoke the the, the very uh, martial energy of say a god like Ares or Mars, right? Um, a war deity, the Morgan, who knows, right? Um, you probably want to take like a warrior pose, like bring your arms up, you know, and, and, you know, and spread your legs a little bit. Like you could take up space, be that warrior, be that warrior, right? These are important things to consider. Okay. Um, because again, they are all part of the evocation, the process of evocation, just like we need to show up and be proud in body, right. And strong in body. When we start to speak our evocation, when we actually are, the words are coming from our lips and we're saying them out loud because we do not silently pray to our spirits and our deities, right? We do not silently pray, right? Go to church, right? If you need that shit, okay? We speak out loud, 
particularly when we are evoking, right? We are calling to this spirit. We are asking, not demand, never demand, ever, 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 okay? Even if it's written in the spell that you're reading, do not make demands of these spirits, right? If you want, someone wants you to do them a favor and they say, you will do this, right? Or, excuse me, but would you please, you know, like, which are you more likely to respond to, right? Um, so never demand, okay? But we speak out loud and we speak uh, in the affirmative and we are, we are, again, putting our power in our voice, right? So we're standing there, right? Blah, power stance, right? Um, speaking loud, clearly, right? And putting emotion and power behind our voice, right? Project, right? Which is tricky for a lot of people, particularly if you're not comfortable with ritual work, like these kinds of ritual workings. It can be difficult to kind of like get into that, like, oh, well, I, you know, this isn't really who I am, or I, you know, I, I'm embarrassed, and there are other people here I don't know. I don't want to look like a fool, right? But if you're that concerned about looking like a fool, you've already wasted that whole time. You that like that's the power and, and the thought that you're bringing into your ritual work. You that that's a wasted ritual. You're not going to accomplish anything. Um, I keep doing this with my hands. I'm very animated with my hands today, waving my arms. Maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll lift off here in a moment, right? Um, anyway, so put some power. In your voice, okay? Um, and when you say it, mean it, mean it, okay? There are a lot of people, this is something that's really common in my area of the, of the country, in, you, in the U.S. here, is we have, uh, we have a, a lot of Mormons here, LDS Mormons. Um, not that they aren't everywhere, they're everywhere now. Uh, but we have a lot of Mormons here. And because of the way that their their religion works, their spirit works, in their some of their doctrine, like they're actively encouraged to be quiet, to be milk toast, to be passive. Um, you know, like they're they're encouraged to be meek in a sense. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being meek. There's nothing wrong with being passive or quiet. I tend to be very passive and quiet, but I'm not on the podcast. Um, but um, but I think because they're they grow up in that, they're taught that by by their religion, that when they come out of that religion, it's hard to shake. It's difficult to let that go, right? So they will come into rituals and, and spells that we do here publicly where people are out from the outside are invited in to work with the coven. And we'll be telling them like, we're going to be repeating, we're going to be, we're going to be saying this evocation or we're going to be speaking this incantation and you must speak this as well. You are a part of the group that is raising this power and so you must also speak this. And Everybody will be speaking the incantation and the the, the ex-Mormon, the, the whoever, whatever their issue is, right? They're like, and I call to the spirit of, you know, and it's like, mousy, 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 you're already defeated. Why are you here? Right? Um, so that's not going to work. That's not going to cut it. Okay? Not if you you really want some of the, the, the really the kick-ass, the badass spirits that you want to work with. Blah, no. Put some power and some volume behind that voice, okay? And mean what you say, okay? Um, beyond that, it doesn't really matter, you know, exactly what you're saying. You know, I'm assuming that you've either you've, you've prepared some sort of more formal evocation, like you know, you know, you know what you're saying, right? Like you know, you got you had your script, right? Or who knows? Maybe you're one of these people that kind of just likes to do things on the fly, and that's okay too, right? Um, if you're, you know, if you're one of these like impulsive, impetuous, spontaneous—that's the word. Austin used to. I was telling me that I was a very, uh, that I had a problem with spontane spontaneity. Um, and that's not it so much. I think for me, it's more an issue that I have, I have a challenger. I, I struggle with impetuousness, 
which is basically spontaneity with no real reason. Um, you know, um, oh, I'm, oh God, it's an earthquake. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm recording in a different space as you have probably been able to, to tell already. And, um, uh, I am unfamiliar with, uh, my, I'm unfamiliar with, with where I am and, and, and spatially right now. I, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm going there. You don't care. Um, anyway, so, uh, so these are important things. These are important components of evocation. And, you know, and one of the other things that I encourage people to do, and we talk about this a lot in other, in other contexts, we've talked about this on the podcast, but as you are um, calling that spirit in, though, of course, you are showing the respect and acknowledging that this is a separate being, a separate entity, a separate intelligence, you also need to, in that moment, you need to somehow within yourself, you need to become that spirit as well. You know, this is something I mentioned a few moments ago about how you kind of prepare yourself throughout the day. You kind of step into the, the you know, the power and the alignment of, the, of that spirit, whatever it may be, right? Um, you need to kind of do the same thing as you're actively doing the evocation. You need to call in, who knows, Athena, right? And while you are calling Athena in, you need to also within yourself, you need to kind of conjure that like, this is, I am also Athena. Right. Um, and in doing that, what you do is you on an energetic level, you help give that spirit another kind of ground, right? It's like a grounding or a connecting a tether of some sort to be able to really fully manifest in that space the way you may wish them to. Right. Um, one of the other important things that I want to kind of discuss around evocation, and this is uh, one that I think gets tricky for some people as well, particularly people who are, as I mentioned a few moments ago, they, they like to kind of do their evocations, speak their incantations kind of more spontaneity, right? Or with more, you know, they kind of just pull something out in the moment, right? And again, nothing wrong with that. There are people out there who are amazing performers and they they can do that. They're very good in the moment. And then other people who, like me, for one, I'm like, I, I need a little more time to prepare this because I want to be very deliberate and intentional with what I say, right? I don't want there to be any opportunity for a stray word to slip in that may alter what I'm trying to create, you know, whatever, right? Um, so as you're doing this, you know, as you are either speaking, you're very carefully practiced in evocation or you are improvising in the moment, right? Don't let your evocations go on over long. Right. And every situation will be a bit different there, I think, depending on who you're trying to call in. Right. Of course. Right. But there are a lot of traditions out there that I've noticed over the years have these very long, these very elaborate, uh, very formal evocations. And they're beautiful. And they're 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 you know, and they can be really, really a nice addition to, to a ritual just to kind of capture the energy. Right. Or the feel, the ambiance of the ritual. Right. But you don't need to go there if you are evoking a spirit and your evocation has run longer than like even like a couple of minutes like at that point you're basically just repeating yourself um you know and you know and again a lot of that is going to be up to you personal choice right some people love the theater of a really very long evocation but if you're creating your own evocations do really pay attention to that right because you're going to get to a point where it's like I, again I, i'm basically just repeating something i already said Right. Or, or this isn't, you know, like you, you do have to kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, well, are we going to get done with the evocation so that we can actually start the ritual? You know, hello. Right. Um, and there are a couple of reasons for that. One, the longer you go into evocation, if you've got other people working with you, you're going to lose people. You know, like I just said, you're going to have somebody in the room that maybe has like ADHD or whatever. And it's like, 
what 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 are we going to do the ritual you know like when are we going to do the thing right um so be careful about that that's one of the reasons why you need to be mindful of that okay the second thing really to consider is you need to you need to remember that when these we call these spirits in right when we call these spirits into a particular space um they have an energy they have, they have their own energy and many spirits and intelligences that we want to connect with and work with regularly can actually uh materialize on an energetic level they can come into that space and their energy can be not the best for us right um if any of you have ever had a chance i mentioned her um a few moments back uh, in talking about war goddesses but the morrigan who is on my brain because it's kind of her time of year and a lot of people have been having conversations about her recently and i'm not a morrigan person you know, but, you know, but I can respect her for, for who and what she is as an amazing goddess, right? Um, I don't work with her personally, but she's, she's lovely, right? Uh, but I gotta say that oh, she'll be, she'll beat me up. Um, but if you're going to call in the Morgan um, and you're calling in particularly one of her more warlike aspects, you may find that the longer she's in that space, that you and anyone else in that space starts to kind of feel that build of adrenaline. Right, which for the purpose of spell work and, and ritual is not necessarily a bad thing to a point, to a point, right? But deities like the Morrigan, because they have such a strong warlike energy and they have that warrior kind of a vibe, kind of like some people would explain it as almost like like a like a caged tiger, right? Like like you know they're just getting ready to do something, right? Um, that um, over time that that can start to manifest in anxiety. Um, People can start to feel, have odd physical sensations, right, in their body or, you know, in, in connection to or in kind of channeling and working through the feel of, like, warrior kinds of energy, right? Um, so it's it's something that you need to consider, right? And it's not that that's necessarily harmful, but I also don't know that that's really kind of the vibe that you want, right? Um, so, you know, beyond that, there are other spirits that we can call in, um, certain goetic spirits, elemental spirits, even angelic spirits that can have energies that really are just not conducive to our exposure for prolonged periods of time, right? Um, those energies are just, well, they are, but they are, right? But, uh, but it's one of those kinds of things, like, if you think about it, you know that, and I've, I've made this comparison on the podcast before as well, right? You know that the closer you get to a a nuclear plant that has had a meltdown, right? Like, you know, God forbid, right? But like, say like in, in Japan in recent years, so many years ago, Chernobyl, right? You know that the closer you get to that space, the more you are being exposed to radiation that could be harmful. The longer you are there, the more likely you're going to have trouble or issues around radiation poisoning, right? Um, and it is much the same with certain spirits that we can connect with, right? You really probably don't want to stay within the same room or the same space as an angel for prolonged periods of time because angels have an energy that can cause very weird reactions in us, like up to and including very prolonged and serious terminal illness, uh, illnesses. So, um, so, so be mindful of that, right? Because, and getting back to, to the initial thing is like, you, you don't want overly long evocation because you need to be able to call the spirit in and observe the ritual, do what you need to do, take care of the spell work that needs to be done. And then probably very quickly thereafter, send that spirit back to where they, where they came from. Right. Um, so, so just, again, things to consider, right. Um, 
those of you maybe who who have been listening up to this point, you might be like, well, I don't really do formal evocation in my work. You know, that would be common, I would think, for maybe uh, secular kinds of practitioners or atheistic practitioners, right? Um, you know, and that's okay, you know, but even then, I want to say, even if you're not calling in another spirit, a separate intelligence or being, some component of you is still probably amping up in some way, right? And in that situation, what I would say is, if you're not familiar or you don't have or choose to work with other separate intelligences and spirits, I would still encourage you to do some sort of more formal evocation process as a part of your work, mainly because that also serves to get you into the right place. That serves you as well as that it helps to again kind of like, like this is kind of where I need to be or who I need to be. Beyond that, a lot of people, I think, as they are working through issues of insecurity or imposter syndrome that pops up a lot around ritual work and being actually in charge of a ritual or spell, right? A lot of times those people really can use a little bit of a pep talk and there is nothing wrong with you as you are stepping forward to do your evocation and ritual or spell work, right? To, instead of calling in goddess, god, whoever, right? There's nothing wrong with you standing there, right? And it, it, issuing an, an evocation somewhat along the lines of like, like I am a powerful witch, I, I have come into this space at this point, this time, whatever, for this purpose. And this is what shall be in response to the work that I do. I am, you know, and and to maybe, maybe let that evocation be a little bit of a of again, a kind of like like a, like a, a kudo or a pep talk for you as you are raising your energy and really preparing to then move into what you need to do mechanically for that working, right? Um evocation is really powerful and you know, and it's powerful in the extent that it isn't just it isn't just about the other spirit. It's a lot of it is about us, right? Um, and does that mean we need to do evocations for everything? Absolutely not. No, no, I don't. And uh, most of the practitioners that I know, they don't either. Um, and I know a lot of practitioners. Um, but uh, but it's something that's to do with us as well, the way that we prepare ourselves for that work. Right? So um, so things to consider, right? Um that's pretty much it. This is going to be a short episode just because I, I again, am, I'm still not, uh, I'm still flying solo with the exception of our lovely goddesses on the shelf behind me. Um, yes, we'll, we will see what the, the future holds for my, um, for my, 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 my prodigal co-host. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about some cool stuff that's coming up in the shop. Um, if you are in the, the Utah area, the northern Utah area, and you wanna, you're okay making a little bit of a drive, um, we have this Friday evening at 6 p.m. We have the fire scrying rite. This is actually a ritual process. Okay, a lot of people have called inquiring about the fire scrying class. And just to be clear, we're not teaching you how to fire scry. Okay, there'll be a little bit of informational stuff, you know, and, and, and instructional stuff at the start of the the rite, just so everybody's kind of clear on what we're doing okay but this is actually like we're being practical we are going to be reading fire okay so that's this friday at at 6 p.m okay plan on if you, you're able to join us or you want to join us call the shop and get registered because if you don't register you can't come okay um and we will give you some additional information over the time that you call and uh and then come and plan on at least an hour and be ready to read some fire okay um we also have coming up this weekend and it's this coming sunday which i believe is the 8th I think, I think the eighth, yes. Um, in the afternoon, don't get me get me wrong, I think it's at 5 p.m., so late afternoon, we have Wendy's broom making class. Um, 
This is such a fun class. And she only does this about once a year. So again, if you're in the Utah area, and I know so many of you are not, and I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to torture you with this information, I promise. Um, but she will be doing her next broom making class. And the people will come to that class, like you're going to be making a broom and you get to take that broom home with you. Um, and she provides the majority of the material. Um, you know, it's a little more of an expensive class, right? But I think to come in, to get the instruction, to get the experience, to get Wendy's expertise, and to be able to make a wonderful broom for yourself, right? And brooms are such amazing, magical items. My God, brooms can do so much for us magically um, and energetically, you know, beyond just keeping our floors clean, right? Um, anyway, but um, all of that, and and then you get to make a broom where all the stuff is provided and you get to take that home with you. Like, I think, I think she's charging $80 for that, which is a steal at that price, that is a steal for all of all of that you were getting. Okay, so those things are coming up. We always have really cool stuff happening here at the shop. Um, please like, share the podcast, right? That gives us the ability to reach more people, right? Um, send us your comments. Send us your questions. Please, please, please send us your questions. We love to answer those things, and we love to help you figure things out, right? Beyond that, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you're teaching us, which is, is wonderful, right? Um, that's going to be it for this episode. Okay, so thank you so much for spending the last few minutes with me. All right, I will let you get back onto your, your day, your evening, whatever, whatever is going on for you. All right, and as always, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Bye.